Welcome to a world of dreams with today's story. It's called You Lost Your Sight Along with Everyone Else on Earth in the Great Blinding. Chapter 1. The world had become a dark and eerie place. The Great Blinding had taken away everyone's sight, leaving them to navigate through life in a new and terrifying way. For two years, I had been living in this darkness, relying on my other senses to survive. But then, without warning, my sight returned. As I looked around, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. The world was still the same, yet it felt so different. And then I noticed it the message painted on every available surface. Don't tell them you can see. I didn't know who they were or why I shouldn't tell them I could see, but something about the message made me uneasy. It was as if someone was watching me, waiting for me to slip up and reveal my newfound sight. I tried to ignore the message and go about my day as usual, but it was impossible. Everywhere I turned, the words were there, taunting me. I couldn't shake the feeling that I was being watched. As the days went on, I started to notice things that I hadn't before. The world was more colorful and vibrant than I remembered. I could see the leaves on the trees and the clouds in the sky. It was overwhelming, but also exhilarating. But the message continued to haunt me. Who had painted it? And why did they want me to keep my sight a secret? I knew I had to find out, even if it meant putting myself in danger. I set out on a journey to uncover the truth, to find out who was behind the message and what they were hiding. Little did I know, this journey would take me on a hero's journey, full of challenges, obstacles, and self-discovery. Chapter 2 I walked through the empty streets, my eyes wide open, taking in everything around me. The world was so different now that I could see. The buildings were more intricate, the colors more vibrant, and the people more expressive. As I walked, I noticed a group of people huddled together, whispering. They looked nervous, as if they were hiding something. I approached them cautiously, not wanting to startle them. Excuse me, I said softly. Can I help you with something? They turned to me, their eyes wide with surprise. You can see? One of them asked. I nodded, unsure of what to say. Yes, I can see now. But I don't understand why I shouldn't tell anyone. The group exchanged nervous glances before one of them stepped forward. We're part of a resistance group, she said. We're fighting against the people who caused the great blinding. They don't want anyone to know that some people have regained their sight. It gives us an advantage. I listened intently, my heart racing. What can I do to help? I asked. The woman smiled. We need people like you. People who can see. We need you to help us find the others who have regained their sight and bring them to us. Together, we can overthrow the ones who caused this. I nodded, feeling a sense of purpose for the first time since the great blinding. I'll do whatever I can to help, I said. And with that, I joined the resistance, determined to use my newfound sight to make a difference in the world.
Chapter 3 As a member of the Resistance, I was given a new purpose in life. I spent my days searching for others who had regained their sight, bringing them to the group and helping them adjust to their newfound abilities. It was a dangerous job, but I felt alive for the first time in years. One day, as I was walking through the city, I heard a commotion coming from a nearby alley. I cautiously approached, ready for anything. As I turned the corner, I saw a group of people surrounding a man who was on the ground, clutching his head. What's going on? I asked, trying to get a better look. One of the people turned to me, their eyes wide with fear. He's one of them, they whispered. He can see. I felt a chill run down my spine. What are you going to do? I asked. The group exchanged nervous glances before one of them stepped forward. We have to get rid of him, she said. He's a threat to us all. I shook my head, feeling a sense of anger rise within me. No, I said firmly. We can't just get rid of him. He's one of us now. The group looked at me in surprise, unsure of what to do. But I stood my ground, refusing to let them harm the man. Eventually, they relented, and we helped him to his feet. Thank you, he said, his eyes filled with gratitude. I thought I was the only one. I smiled, feeling a sense of camaraderie with this stranger. You're not alone, I said. We're all in this together. From that day on, the man became a valuable member of the resistance, using his sight to help us in our fight against the ones who caused the great blinding. And as we worked together, I realized that I had found my true family, a group of people who were willing to risk everything to make the world a better place. Chapter 4 As the days went on, our resistance group grew stronger. We found more and more people who had regained their sight, and together, we worked to overthrow the ones who had caused the great blinding. But it wasn't easy. The people we were fighting against were powerful and ruthless. They would stop at nothing to maintain their hold on the world, even if it meant sacrificing innocent lives. One day, we received a message from a source within the enemy's camp. They had discovered our plans and were preparing to launch a massive attack on our headquarters. We knew we had to act fast. We gathered our weapons and prepared for battle. As we waited for the enemy to arrive, I couldn't help but feel a sense of fear and uncertainty. What if we weren't strong enough to defeat them? What if we failed? But then I looked around at my fellow resistance members, and I knew that we were in this together. We had each other's backs, and we would fight until the very end. The enemy arrived just as the sun was setting. They came in waves, their weapons blazing. We fought back with everything we had, determined to protect our home and our people. The battle was intense and brutal. I saw friends fall beside me, their bodies racked with pain. But we didn't give up. We kept fighting, even as the odds seemed to be against us. And then, just when it seemed like all was lost, we heard a sound that filled us with hope. 
It was the sound of reinforcements arriving, led by a group of people who had been working in secret to help us. With their help, we were able to turn the tide of the battle. We fought harder and stronger than ever before, and in the end, we emerged victorious. As the enemy retreated, we stood together, battered and bruised but victorious. We had proven that we were strong enough to fight back, that we were willing to risk everything to make the world a better place. And as we looked out at the world around us, we knew that there was still much work to be done. But we were ready for whatever lay ahead, knowing that together, we could overcome any obstacle. Chapter 5 I woke up to the sound of rain tapping against the window. It was a comforting sound, one that reminded me of lazy days spent indoors with a good book. But today was not a lazy day. Today, we had work to do. I got dressed quickly, pulling on my raincoat and boots. As I made my way to the resistance headquarters, I couldn't help but feel a sense of unease. We had won the battle, but the war was far from over. When I arrived, I found the others gathered around a table, deep in discussion. They looked up as I entered, their faces grim. We've received word that the enemy is regrouping, one of them said. They're planning another attack. I felt a sense of dread wash over me. We had just barely survived the last attack. How could we possibly withstand another one? But then I remembered why we were fighting. We were fighting for a better world, one where everyone had the right to see and to live without fear. And I knew that we couldn't give up now. We need to be ready, I said firmly. We need to prepare for whatever they throw at us. The others nodded in agreement, and we set to work. We spent the day fortifying our defenses, gathering supplies, and training for battle. It was exhausting work, but we knew that it was necessary if we wanted to survive. As the day turned to night, we gathered around a fire, sharing stories and memories. It was a brief moment of respite, a chance to forget about the war and just be together. But as the night wore on, I couldn't shake the feeling of unease. I knew that the enemy was out there, planning their next move. And I knew that we had to be ready for whatever they had in store. As I lay down to sleep, I felt a sense of determination wash over me. We had come too far to give up now. We had to keep fighting, no matter what. And so, I closed my eyes, ready to face whatever the future held. Chapter 6 I woke up to the sound of gunfire. My heart raced as I jumped out of bed, grabbing my weapons and rushing outside. The enemy had arrived, and they were attacking with everything they had. I joined the others in the fight, firing my gun and dodging bullets. The rain made it difficult to see, but I relied on my other senses to guide me. I could hear the enemy's footsteps, their breathing, their movements. It was like a dance, a deadly dance where one wrong move could mean the end. The battle raged on for what felt like hours. We fought hard, but the enemy was relentless. They seemed to have an endless supply of weapons and soldiers, and we were struggling to keep up. But then, just when it seemed like all was lost, 
something miraculous happened. The rain stopped, and the clouds parted, revealing a bright, shining light. It was like a sign from above, a message of hope. And then, out of nowhere, a group of people appeared. They were dressed in white robes, and they carried with them a sense of peace and serenity. They walked towards us, their hands raised in a gesture of peace. At first, we were hesitant. We had been fighting for so long, it was hard to trust anyone. But then, as they got closer, we realized that they were not the enemy. They were a group of healers, people who had been working in secret to help those affected by the Great Blinding. They had heard about our fight, and they had come to help. They tended to our wounds, giving us medicine and food. They spoke to us about the power of love and forgiveness, about how we could overcome our differences and work together for a better world. At first, I was skeptical. But then, as I listened to them speak, I realized that they were right. We had been fighting for so long, it was easy to forget why we were fighting in the first place. We were fighting for a better world, a world where everyone had the right to see and to live without fear. And so, we made a decision. We would lay down our weapons and work together with the healers to create a new world. It would not be easy, but we knew that it was the right thing to do. As we walked away from the battlefield, I felt a sense of peace wash over me. We had won the war, not with guns and violence, but with love and forgiveness. And as we looked out at the world around us, I knew that it was a world worth fighting for. Chapter 7 I woke up to the sound of birds chirping outside my window. It was a beautiful day, the sun shining brightly in the sky. I got out of bed and stretched, feeling a sense of contentment wash over me. It had been months since the war had ended, and life had finally returned to some semblance of normalcy. As I got dressed, I thought about how much had changed since the Great Blinding. Before, I had taken my sight for granted, never realizing how much I relied on it. But now, after losing it and then regaining it, I saw the world in a whole new light. I walked outside, taking in the sights and sounds of the world around me. The trees were in full bloom, their leaves rustling in the wind. The birds were singing, their melodies filling the air. It was a beautiful day, and I felt grateful to be alive. As I walked through the city, I noticed that things were different now. People were kinder, more compassionate. They had been through a lot, and it had changed them. They had seen the worst of humanity, but they had also seen the best. I walked past a group of children playing in the park, their laughter filling the air. It was a sound I had missed during the war, a sound that reminded me of happier times. As I continued on my walk, I saw a group of people gathered around a statue. It was a statue of a woman, her arms outstretched, as if welcoming the world. I had seen the statue before, but I had never really paid attention to it. But now, as I looked at it, I realized what it represented. It represented hope, a symbol of a better world. I walked up to the group, curious to see what they were doing. 
They were placing flowers at the base of the statue, a gesture of gratitude and remembrance. I joined them, placing a flower of my own. As I stood there, I thought about all that we had been through. The war had been brutal, but it had also brought us together. It had shown us that we were stronger than we thought, that we could overcome any obstacle if we worked together. And now, as I looked out at the world around me, I saw a world that was different. It was a world that was filled with hope and possibility, a world where anything was possible. As I walked away from the statue, I felt a sense of peace wash over me. The war was over, but the fight for a better world was not. It was a fight that we would continue, a fight that we would win, together. Chapter 8 I woke up to the sound of my phone ringing. I groggily answered it, not recognizing the number. Hello? I said, my voice still thick with sleep. Is this the resistance? A voice asked. I sat up straight, suddenly wide awake. Yes, it is. Who is this? My name is Sarah, the voice said. I need your help. I listened as Sarah told me her story. She had been living in a small town outside of the city when the great blinding had occurred. She had been blind for two years, relying on her other senses to survive. But then, without warning, her sight had returned. At first, she had been overjoyed. But then, she had noticed the message painted on every available surface. Don't tell them you can see. She didn't know who they were or why she shouldn't tell them she could see, but something about the message made her uneasy. It was as if someone was watching her, waiting for her to slip up and reveal her newfound sight. I don't know what to do, Sarah said, her voice trembling. I'm scared. I knew exactly how she felt. I had been in her shoes not too long ago. Don't worry, I said. We'll help you. We'll keep you safe. And so, we sent a team to retrieve Sarah and bring her to our headquarters. When she arrived, she was scared and confused. But we welcomed her with open arms, showing her that she was not alone. Over the next few days, we helped Sarah adjust to her newfound sight. We taught her how to navigate the world, how to use her sight to her advantage. And we showed her that there was hope, that she didn't have to live in fear. As I watched Sarah blossom under our care, I felt a sense of pride. We were making a difference in the world, one person at a time. But then, one day, we received a message from an unknown source. It was a warning, telling us that the enemy had discovered our location and was planning an attack. We knew we had to act fast. We gathered our weapons and prepared for battle. As we waited for the enemy to arrive, I couldn't help but feel a sense of unease. We had been through this before, but that didn't make it any less terrifying. But then, as the enemy arrived, something miraculous happened. Sarah stepped forward, her eyes blazing with determination. I won't let them hurt us, she said. I won't let them take away our sight again. And with that, she charged forward, leading the charge against the enemy. 
We followed her, our hearts filled with hope and courage. The battle was intense and brutal, but we fought harder than ever before. And in the end, we emerged victorious. As we stood together, battered and bruised but victorious, I realized something. Sarah had been the key to our success. She had shown us that we were not alone, that we could overcome any obstacle if we worked together. And as we looked out at the world around us, I knew that there was still much work to be done. But we were ready for whatever lay ahead, knowing that together, we could overcome any obstacle. Chapter 9 As we celebrated our victory over the enemy, I couldn't help but feel a sense of unease. We had won the battle, but the war was far from over. There were still people out there who wanted to take away our sight, who wanted to control us. I knew that we had to be vigilant, that we had to keep fighting. And so, I gathered the others around me, and we began to make plans. We need to spread the word, I said. We need to let people know that they're not alone, that there's a resistance out there fighting for them. The others nodded in agreement, and we set to work. We created flyers and posters, spreading them throughout the city. We talked to people on the streets, telling them about our cause and inviting them to join us. And slowly but surely, people began to join us. They came from all walks of life, all with their own stories to tell. But they all had one thing in common, they wanted to fight for a better world. As our numbers grew, so did our strength. We began to organize protests and rallies, demanding that the government do something about the great blinding. We spoke out against the ones who had caused it, calling for justice and accountability. And then, one day, something amazing happened. The government announced that they would be launching an investigation into the Great Blinding. They promised to find out who was responsible and to bring them to justice. It was a small victory, but it was a victory nonetheless. We had shown the world that we were not afraid to speak out, that we were not afraid to fight for what was right. Chapter 10 As I looked out at the world around me, I felt a sense of peace wash over me. The investigation into the Great Blinding had been a success. The ones responsible had been brought to justice, and the world was finally beginning to heal. But it wasn't just the investigation that had brought about change. It was the resistance, the people who had fought tirelessly for a better world. It was the people who had refused to give up, who had refused to let fear control them. And as I looked around at my fellow resistance members, I realized that we had become more than just a group of people fighting for a cause. We had become a family, a group of people who had been through so much together. We had seen the worst of humanity, but we had also seen the best. We had seen people come together in times of crisis, showing kindness and compassion to those in need. And now, as I looked out at the world around me, I saw a world that was different. It was a world that was filled with hope and possibility, a world where anything was possible. As I walked through the city, I saw people smiling and laughing, enjoying the simple pleasures of life. I saw children playing in the park, their laughter filling the air. It was a sound I had missed during the war, a 
a sound that reminded me of happier times. And as I walked, I knew that the fight was not over. There would always be new challenges, new obstacles to overcome. But I also knew that we were ready for whatever lay ahead. The End Thank you for listening to our story. Make sure to stay subscribed to our podcast for the latest updates. This is Amalia Dupre, signing off from this podcast will make you sleep. Sweet dreams.